Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dove Linzer, and this week we're going to look at Kuvot on D denominations. Today we're going to look at Kuvot relating to the status of conversions and weddings performed by Reform and Conservative rabbis. So we'll start with two Kuvot relating to conversions. And here one of the things to notice is uh, how Rav Moshe uh, deals differently with the issue of reform rabbis as opposed to conservative rabbis. Another thing to pay attention to is that when he's dealing with the issue of weddings, it is pretty much almost always about a question of aguna or mamzerus, meaning nobody is going to have motion saying, uh, this couple got married with a reform rabbi, do I have to do another kiddushin? That's not, not a pressing type of a question. The question is, a couple got married and now uh, the woman is divorced in secular law, she's remarried, what is the status of the children if she never received a get? Or if the husband doesn't want to give a get but she wants a get and the marriage was done with a reformer conservative rabbi. So there it's clear what's motivating a particular tshuva. It's not really the issue that we saw last time about questions about policy relating to conservative and reform and a possible threat that they represent. It's actually about solving a very serious problem of aguna or mamzerus. With the issue of conversion, less so, because there, to say that a conversion is invalid, um, what you're really doing is you are denying somebody's Jewish identity. So it's not solving a problem. It could be solving a problem if the question is that somebody can and now he's not giving a get to his wife. So the first tshuva we're going to look at is from Ebenezer 3.3. It's dated 1972, and the title is Begeris de Rabbi Reformer, or the conversion of a reform rabbi. And here he is motivated to solve a aguna problem. He says, So he converted by a reform rabbi, married a, a Jewish woman, and he's now left her. Do we need to demand a get? So it's not even clear that necessarily he's refusing a get, but it's almost like, should we even try to, the effort to get a get? So, and Rav Moshe is so clear that the conversion of a reform rabbi specifically is meaningless that he says there's not even a need to try to get a get. He says, His conversion means nothing. He's a total non-Jew just as much as he was before. There is no meaning to his kiddushin. And then he goes on and says, look, even if technically they did a circumcision, they did an immersion, fine, but there wasn't a kosher based in. And why wasn't it not a kosher based in? Because he says, reformer, they're all invalid as witnesses and therefore invalid as judges. Why? They deny the divinity of the Torah. It's not so much about their transgressions. You know, there's we can have a whole discussion. Do you need testimony that they transgressed or didn't transgress? He says, put that all aside. He says, for Hashem reform me'i chain kofrin. And this is going to be important when he deals with conservative issues as well. That do we have to worry about the story about the individual person? So if it's about a question of are they keep mitzvot or not, maybe a certain person is observant regardless of what maybe their colleagues do or what the norms are. But if it's about kfira and then you identify as a reform rabbi, you identify with this type of an ideology and this type of a denomination, that labels you as a heretic and therefore that invalids you as a, as a, as a witness and as a judge. And then Rav Moshe actually makes this explicit about that it's a categorical status. And he says, she'in 
You don't need testimony about their practice or, or their beliefs. That, and this is an important principle in general in halacha. How much is it about internally what's going on in somebody's head? How much is it about the way in which they are categorized within society? And Rav Moshe says, by the fact that they go under the label reform means that they are identified through the eyes of the Orthodox as heretics. They're identified as this divergent set of beliefs and practices, and therefore it's immaterial what this individual does. That defines their halachic status. Now, what about just being safe and getting a get anyway? So here Rav Moshe says, actually, it would be wrong to try to get a get. He says, It's forbidden to be strict and to ask for a get. By being strict to get a get, it's indicating that you treat this person as an actual convert or as a possible convert, and that could then lead to a lot of other problems and also would indirectly recognize the conversion done by this reform rabbi. So when it comes to reform rabbis, Rav Moshe completely says it's absolutely of no value based on the identity, the categorization of them as heretics. Now we should note that he bases himself on Rambam, and Rambam introduces the idea that somebody who is an apicot Chorus is a heretic, is an invalid witness. This is really not anywhere in the Gemara. But Rambam introduces this idea, and Rav Moshe uses this Rambam to solve these types of issues of Get and Aguna and Mamzeris when it deals with reform and conservative rabbis. Interesting if it would also be in terms of laity, uh, but certainly in these types of cases. He solves a serious problem, but the way he solves it is through basically applying this label of apikaris, and that invalidates them as judges. So that's in this tshuva about reform rabbis. What about conservative rabbis? For this, we turn to a teshuva in Yordea 1160, and this is quite early. This is from 1950. And he talks about, That was not done with proper Kabbalah's mitzvah. The context here is not about a question of get or aguna or mamzerus. It seems like the question was about burial in a Jewish cemetery. So there's really... You're not solving a problem by saying we don't recognize this person as Jewish. And this means that the consideration here is more purely halachic, what weight you give to uh, a conservative conversion, um, and also how much is that shaped by general perspectives about conservative rabbis. So Rav Moshe first worked through some of the details. Does it constitute an acceptance of mitzvot? What is demanded in the context of a conservative conversion? But the fascinating thing is he spends two full paragraphs working that through first. He doesn't start by saying, oh, that's nothing. They're, they're not kosher as a basin. The basin doesn't mean anything. That's what he said right out, of the, right out of the starting gate when he dealt with reform rabbis. Here, he does a whole analysis of the conversion. And then in the third paragraph, he says... It has to accept the mitzvot in front of a bastin. The rabbis are conservativa, and the conservative rabbis. Now notice the difference. Mistama ain osim kain. So he says they presumably don't. Not they presumably puzzle as invalid as being on the bastin. They presumably don't do the the ritual of kabbalas mitzvot in the front of a bastin. So it's again even by the third paragraph we're still on some technical problem. Why do they not do that? So now. You hear a little bit of his attitude. He says, First of all, they don't know the laws of conversion. Even if they know them, they're not careful about doing them. So therefore, we don't have the right ritual being done. But again, he hasn't invalidated them as not being a legitimate basin. 
until finally, he says in the middle of the third paragraph, Finally, he says, they're actually also invalid to be on a Beistin. Because they reject a lot of principles of faith, they transgress certain mitzvot, and then he discusses some of the details of transgression, and then he says like this, even if we don't have testimony about this person in particular, a non-Sadi, it's like we are testifying to the fact, it's self-evident, whoever has that disgusting name, conservative, and associates with that label, he, you can presume that they do tr- a number of transgressions, maybe he's talking about driving to Shalom Shabbos, and and that denies many principles of faith. And then he says, and I've already explained, that somebody who we know is, is a heretic in a number of areas, that person is invalid even without accepting testimony on them. It's of no value. Now, it's pretty interesting because, again, he adds this only after working through technical issues in a number of other ways. And he doesn't just say, oh, they're all apikarsim, it's all invalid. There are a number of areas that they are that they have heresies about. There are a number of Aveirot that they do. It seems more moderate and more limited. And there actually is a lot of oral testimony to the fact that Rav Moshe Feinstein, when it did actually come, when he wasn't trying to solve an Aguna problem or solve a Mamzeris problem, and it came to a conversion done by a conservative rabbi, if he knew who the conservative rabbis were, and he knew that they were seriously Yerei Shemayim and seriously Shomer Mitzvot, and very often in the past you had conservative rabbis who were totally orthodox in terms of their practice, that Rav Moshe at times would, case by case, uh, uh, recognize conversions done by conservative rabbis. It is not the same type of a categorical rejection that we have by reform. So that's, you can pick that up in the language here, but it's important to know that sometimes he actually, when he knew the specifics and they satisfied his criteria, would actually recognize some of those conversions. We're now going to look briefly at three two votes that Rav Moshe wrote relating to marriages performed by conservative and reform rabbis, and here in particular, the issue of Aguna Mamzeris was a major factor. So the first one is from Evna Ezer 1. 76, and it's from 1957. And it's Bedavar Nitkat Eitzel Reform Rabbi, a woman who was married by a Reform Rabbi, and he says, Bedavar Ishu Shanisis Le'echad Eitzel Reform Rabbi, V'chol Anashim Shayu Beisen Yisum Hayu Kulam, and all the people who were there, they were all, listened to the language, Rishayim, wicked, meaning transgressors, Umufkarim L'chalos Shabbos, V'lavar O'Kol Mitzvah and they completely non-observant, and the, the meal was not a kosher meal, and then he says, now the husband has left her, and does she need a get? And Rev Moshe says, This is not a surprise anymore. The reform rabbi, the Kedushin is meaningless. Here, not because of a need of an officiating rabbi, but a need of a witness, and the rabbi would serve as the witness. And Rev Moshe says, if it is clear that there were no kosher witnesses present, because here becomes the issue, even if the rabbi was was the official witness, if there was a kosher witness in the audience, maybe that would make the wedding kosher anyway. And he discusses that. Does designating somebody as the witness, does that exclude somebody who would be a kosher witness from validating the wedding? And Rav Moshe says, you know what, even if there were kosher witnesses in the wedding, he says that it really wouldn't matter here. Why? Because here he says, Baruch Amira. 
he says, because normally if you're uh, just a guest and you're a kosher witness and you see a ritual being done under the chuppah, you can say it's like you saw a kosher kiddushin being done because you can presume the ritual was done properly. But in the case of a reform rabbi, you can't presume the ritual was done properly. And if you didn't directly see it and you're somewhere in the audience and you didn't see the handing over of the ring, then even if you're a kosher witness, you do not make the wedding kosher because that presumption does not apply by a reform rabbi. And therefore, Rav Moshe says that the Kiddushin does not count at all, and this solves a get problem and a mamzeris problem and so on. And this, by the way, is still used even till today when there are issues with get and aguna and mamzeris. Sometimes a Bastin will look at the wedding video to see who else was in the audience. Does it matter if there were a kosher witnesses in the audience? Who was the rabbi? Does it matter if the rabbi was observant, if they identify with a different denomination? To a large degree, and even for those who might feel uncomfortable with some of Rav Moshe's sort of categorizing, particularly when it gets to conservative rabbis, as we'll see. But to some degree, this can be extremely helpful in solving serious issues about Mamzerus and Gitin. So let's take a look very briefly at one or two more vote about conservative rabbis. Rav Moshe, in a long tshuva, in Evan HaEzer 4.13, dated 1980, discusses a wedding done by a conservative rabbi. And here he lays out again this principle that regardless of the person's observance of mitzvot, if they are categorized as, identify as reform, they're identified as apikarsim, and therefore based on this Rambam, which again is not in the Gemara, but Rambam position that an apikarsim is an invalid witness, and therefore the wedding is invalid. So I'll just read the key lines. He says, There is a safek, notice by the way again, though the word of safek, it's not the same categorical approach as with reform, by a conservative rabbi, even if he's one of the more the better ones, the more observant ones, the ones who more believes the same things we believe. Explicitly references the driving to Shalom Shabbos, even if he doesn't do that. Nevertheless, once you identify conservative, you don't have a presumption of being kosher, even if that might be the case. But then he says, again, and here gets the identifying and the categorizing, since you associate and you identify as a conservative rabbi, then and again, notice interestingly, he doesn't hone in and focus on belief per se, but on commitment and understanding of the mitzvot and the halacha. And then he says that's the belief issue, not general attitudes towards Torah, but their understanding of halacha. Even though we didn't hear his personal beliefs, that identification categorizes him as an apikaris and invalidates him as we have seen, and he says like this, We don't really care about them individually. We care about their identification, the way they're categorized, the way they're perceived in society. That you affirm the conservative uh, beliefs. And then, Maybe you deny Tarmisinai, but Minimally, you deny principles of belief that lead to our understanding of halacha within the Orthodox context. If that is what you are doing is serving as a rabbi in their synagogue. What about if it is you really are an Orthodox rabbi, but this was just the job you needed? 
So he says, no. So what if you're doing it because of earning a living? You're associating with, an, uh, with a heretical movement, you, which I, labels you as heretical, and if you're doing it because you are for, for the need of making money, that doesn't make it any better. It doesn't matter whether you really are a heretic or you're just associating with a heretical movement because you need to earn a living. So for Rav Moshe, and it's actually fascinating if we could distance ourselves from the immediate issues about attitudes towards conservative reform. Do we try to deal with questions like heresy from the question of what does the person really believe or how are they categorized in, in society? And Rav Moshe is taking a reasonable position that halacha looks from the perspective of what is the way you are seen and present yourself within the community, and then it doesn't really matter what's motivating you. That gives you your identity. And therefore, that would invalidate the, the person as a witness. And then in the end, he discusses, well, okay, but isn't the fact that they're still continuing to live together as husband and wife, wouldn't that constitute kidushe bia? Wouldn't that make them married anyway, regardless of the wedding? And he says it would not. That's a whole other fascinating discussion about common law marriage. But here he, again, invalidates them because of their identification with the movement. He says the same thing in Evna Ezer 2.17, that it doesn't matter what's, why they are identifying with the movement. And in this way, he has solved a lot of Aguna and Mamzerus issues. But again, it comes by attaching some pretty heavy labels to conservative and reform rabbis. And these the, the principles that Rav Moshe laid down are very much in use even till today when these issues are dealt with, when there's been a conservative or reform wedding, and then the woman remarries without the benefit of a get. Thanks for listening to Egress Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dov Linzer. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Shivat Chovevei Torah. Don't forget to subscribe and check out ycTorah.org to learn more.